right now I'm joined by Dr. Noel Waits. I, I um, hope I got your name right. Senior Lecturer in the Masters of Communication Design Program at the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology, or REMIT. Is that how you say it? REMIT? They like acronyms in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, um, well, formerly of the Design School here, Senior Lecturer of Design School at Otago University before they ripped the heart out of the campus. Uh, and uh, a member of the Steering Committee for Dunedin's successful bid to become a UNESCO City of Literature. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Jamie. How are we today? Oh, Oh, very good, thanks. It's great to be back in Dunedin. Yeah, yeah, and we got some nice weather for you. <laughs> I think I got a bit burnt on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Even, even for that, that change of um, latitude, it's a lot stronger, isn't it? I can go almost all day in Melbourne without putting sunblock on. Yeah, 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 yeah. and that could be in 40 degrees. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, welcome home. Um, all right, for, for um, you know, I've always wondered, what does it really mean to be a UNESCO Creative City? What does it really mean for a city? Um, it can mean lots of things to different cities, and I think it depends on where you are, what your scale is, um, what you're trying to achieve. Um, one, it's recognition. It's global recognition for the city, and actually by extension the country. So mm-hmm. whatever creative field in uh, Dunedin got literature, um, it's a recognition of Dunedin's contribution to that, but of course it's part of a national literature culture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and also, of course, um, in terms of... Um, Māori um, oral culture as well that preceded um, that print culture tradition. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, so it's international recognition. But y- the great thing about it is you have lifetime membership, um, providing we don't um, burn all our books and uh, rip yeah. down our libraries. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's it's really for me. It's always been about the future. It's about putting creativity at the centre and culture at the centre of a city. Um, what people do with that is entirely up to the citizens, and I think that will change over time depending on what people are thinking and what's what's happening in the literature world, but also the wider mm-hmm. cultural scene in a city. Okay, because you're um, like we said, you're a ma- uh, master of. Well, lecturer in the communication design program, but you're also the current chairman of the uh, Hone Tufati Trust. Uh, no, I've actually stepped down oh, from stepped that role. Yeah, I, I, I tried to maintain it in Australia, yeah. but <laughs> I, I felt that uh, it was just getting a bit much with a new job in a new city. Um, but yeah, I was uh, I was a trustee from 2012, and I was chair from about. 2012, 13 to 2016. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but then I handed it back to the trust from Australia, and they're doing fantastically well. Like the crib, Honey's crib down in Kaka Point, yeah, yeah. is coming along quite nicely. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So it's it's really good. So, how important have been have some of the literature works of Dunedin been to to the wider New Zealand cultural scene? Um, I mean, hugely significant. Um, I mean, if we just start, actually, we could start with two that I think are really interesting. And uh, there's a film just come out called uh, No Ordinary Sheila mm-hmm. about Sheila Natouche, who was um, uh, trained at Dunedin Teachers College to be a teacher, but found she was much better at uh, illustrating New Zealand's flora and fauna and writing books, popular books about that. And at um, the Teachers College, she met another young woman called Janet Frame, oh, yes. who turned out to be, you know, by far, you know, New Zealand's most significant um, author of all time. Um, but at that time, there's a lovely story in the film where. Um, uh, Janet Frame writes to Sheila and says you're great at writing when you're famous I'll write to my friends and say I knew you <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah so uh, 
So it's interesting how they're coming up at the same time, met at the same place, and yeah, yeah. But I mean, I guess it is a small city, and it would have been very small back then. Yeah, well, it would have been, but again, it's it's a very strong creative community, mm. and I think perhaps even more so, maybe in the thirties, forties, and fifties, uh, there was a much closer relationship between all the creative arts. So well, you had Francis Hodgkins around that time as well. Yep. And, yeah, yep. yeah. So um, the arts, and I mean the fellowships at the university, the Hodgkins, the Burns Fellows, they they kind of recognised that. But they recognised something that preceded that, which um, Charles Brash, for example, supported numerous writers across New Zealand, uh, both as the editor of a landfall, but as a kind of patron of the arts. So mm-hmm. he supported a number of visual artists, a number of writers, um, musicians like D- Douglas Lilburn. Um, yeah, so right throughout his life. And, and um, oh, a good story about Honi Tufari, for example, he used to occasionally meet poets at the Cook yeah, yeah. across from here um, where he would share all his poems with other writers, particularly young writers in draft form and say read this and give me some feedback. He'd also get his letters from other writers and he'd hand them across and say you should meet you know, Frank Sargeson in Auckland or you should go and see Alan Kerner or you should talk to Janet Frame or what, and, and then he would sort of buy him a few drinks and leave and go home to write. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Janine has that ability to be quite social but also to pull back and you know get into your studio or get into your workplace and and do your stuff so i think you know i guess the university would have been really important to all this uh, um, fostering people maybe at, at a time at times and, and they come to the city for university a lot of people uh and now that um there is the cuts to humanities it's worrying that some of that might be lost yeah, no, I, I, I'm I'm deeply concerned about that, and that that's a trend all across the world. And I yes. th- I think, um, you know, if if UNESCO can recognise the value of culture and arts, and it, and it's both um, culture to, and to do with identity and place mm-hmm. and um, collective and individual identities, but it's also um, it's also about economic value. You know, I mean. I've got a great information graphic, which obviously can't show on radio, but yeah. <laughs> it's about a woman called J.K. Rowling and how she turned a story into a you know sixty billion dollar industry. Mm, you know, mm. so if you talk about imagination and what it can create, and I don't want to reduce you know the arts, uh, any creative arts, to its financial returns, yeah. because UNESCO is incredibly strong on this. That's that's one thing it does, but the other is it binds people and it enables people to kind of weather mm-hmm. big changes. So like big creative literary or arts movements in New Zealand in the 1930s you know that's in response to you know the biggest worldwide depression and, yeah. and there is really interesting things like the 1980s for music for example and going yeah. through the New Zealand recession and there is no depression in New Zealand <laughs> well it certainly was <laughs> um, yeah oh god oh god I'm trying to remember who that band was um, yeah and, and we look back on pride with pride on those things right and it gives us our identity <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, that's right. And I, I think New Zealand does have a bit of an, an issue with that, um, that we, you know, there is that kind of modesty or humbleness that people don't like to boast. Mm-hmm. But when you know that probably Janet Frame, if she'd lived another, another couple of years, would have had a Nobel Prize. Yeah. And, you know, she is a really significant author and she'll be the first one that international people knowledgeable or just read would know about yeah um but same for honey Tufari as well and, yeah. and any number of other writers mm. um 
Yeah. Um, so, um, with being part of the UNESCO um, Creative Cities, um, there's the Creative Cities Network. What is the, what is the network? What does it do? Um, well, as of this year, 2017, there are now 180 cities. Auckland just became one. Yes, Auckland's a city of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that's that's great. And and that, that's quite important because we always had music and lyrics as part of the literature bid. Mm-hmm. But I think having two cities in the country and both being UNESCO cities, so it's a network. And I think that's the key thing. In Europe, a lot of cities have used this as place branding, okay? And and Dunedin has done that to a degree, and and that is important. But I always thought the strength being in Dunedin, being, you know, the Riviera of the Antarctic, and I won't say the bottom of the world, but, um, you know, that ability to connect with uh, other cities. And some of them are really huge, uh, like Shanghai and Mm -hmm. and Edinburgh in literary terms, but some of them are quite small, like Iowa City. Um, So, you know, we can learn from those cities, because some of them have been in the network since 2004, yeah. but also we can share with those networks, and I, I'm, I'm very much come from a design point of view, we kind of test and prototype things here, and then we flick them out around mm. the network, and they try them, but they kind of adapt them to their local situations, and if we can get that conversation going, I think that's how you activate the network, and nice. that to me is the really exciting thing. I also think, you know, there's seven themes, uh, craft and folk arts, design, um, gastronomy, film, mm. literature, media arts and music and it's that connecting those up. Um, literature and film is, a, is an obvious one but yeah. literature and music has been really strong in New Zealand. Um, the Tufari album, the Baxter album uh, where musicians have taken poets work and put it to music Yes. Um, but even Graham Downs said to me that you know James K Baxter and Honey Tufari were quite influential in terms of, I think, their ability to write lyrics about here, about New Zealand, which I would never have thought listening to their music, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that cross-fertilisation, that's that's where the really exciting things, I think, can happen. Where's the gastro fit in? <laughs> gastro, <laughs> well, everyone's well, going to eat, eh? Well, uh, yeah. No, but it is really important. The culinary arts are, are, are very important. Well, well I can give you a really places. good example of that, and they probably, gastro, wouldn't they wouldn't go down that route. <laughs> but um, one of the things they did was they tell stories through food. So yeah. There was a fantastic thing organised um, at the in Logan Park at the old uh, art gallery, mm-hmm. uh, where the culinary arts told the story of Lake Logan from um, wow. pre-Maori through Maori uh, through to the history of the city draining the lake, uh, the the industrial exhibition up to the present, all through different foods that yep. were associated with those times. And I think the event went on. There's a lovely video you can see on YouTube. And again, the the food, you know, what brings people together is food. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, that's and right. good food is even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's interesting because it's a great story, the one about Lake Logan, and one that uh, you know that has a really long history, and people don't necessarily know much about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, and it's great we've still got that part of the old art, uh, art gallery there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's still standing. But, you know, the South Seas exhibition, well, I think the first one was in 1890-odd, and then you had 1925. Yeah. And a few others. Um, I don't know why I know these things. I just do. Because uh, <laughs> they're part of the stories of the city, yeah, I think. Yeah, you yeah. Know. No, they are. The, um, right. Um, so what is the Creative City Southern Hui? Uh, you know, what is behind this? What is it all about? Um... It, I mean, it, to me, it's it's a kind of an opening of a conversation, a larger, a long-term, intergenerational conversation. Uh, but what started? I mean, basically, the United, the new, 
UNESCO National Commission of New Zealand funded it. Yeah. Um, so they, they have a mandate to support anything that meets the aims and goals of UNESCO in New Zealand. And we thought, you know, as a UNESCO, they were very supportive. They had to write a letter of support for our bid. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to have basically a letter from the mayor and a letter from the, our national commission supporting that bid back in 2014. Um, but we we looked at their criteria, and it and it is UNESCO is educational, scientific, and cultural organisation, and yes. their, their focus is that on New Zealand, but particularly in relation to the Pacific, mm-hmm. uh, of which you know we're obviously a, a, a part, um, and that's that's why um, we got um, Stephen Windwow as one of the key speakers who will arrive tomorrow um, from the University of Papua New Guinea. Uh, mm-hmm. He's uh, the pro vice chancellor there. He was professor is professor of literature still, but he's also a published. Uh, poet and novelist and yeah. he, he just presented in Melbourne at the Melbourne Writers Festival oh, nice. um, and he's writing a new novel in response to that So, um, and he's written a really remarkable book which to some degree informed the way when we put the application in UNESCO the way I was thinking about it, it was called Transitions and Transformations and it was about Papua New Guinea and literature and I, I've been reading it you know, in the last couple of weeks and it's, 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 it's really the story of the emergence of Papua New Guinea in writing which isn't that well known outside of Papua New Guinea, but it's also his own personal transitions and transformations he studied in New Zealand. He actually studied with me at Canterbury University oh. a number of years ago. He then went to Minnesota and then he's returned to his country and he brought a kind of a fervour for national literature that I I saw in New Zealand literature in the 1920s and 30s mm-hmm. uh, but he was, this was in oh, this is back in the 80s, he was going this is happening right now in Papua New Guinea and he was really excited about it and he's nurtured and supported that literature Well that's great. So um, yeah but it is, it, it the basis of the hui is to bring together a whole lot of really interesting, inspiring and creative people um, to spark a, a long-term conversation and to, as a, a prelude to the workshop where people will the, hopefully people will actually start to create stuff in response to that. Yeah, and is this something that you want uh, that's going to happen uh, more over time and you want it to grow? And Oh, a- absolutely and I think, you know uh, in fact the UNESCO Creative City Network is all about sustainable cities and I, I kind of like the word sustaining mm-hmm. and we know that culture to be sustaining has to have you know you've got to have everything from your indie music up to your you know, global labels to keep the music industry going yeah. um, in the same way we've got to have kids writing poetry and fiction and, and really interesting creative non-fiction or writing of any kind and reading and in the same way we've got to have published poets and uh, novelists and playwrights and we've got to have filmmakers like Taika Waititi yeah <laughs> Yeah. Who tells really good stories. Amazingly you know? good yeah. stories. And he's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. Um, right, so what, so tell us about the events. What, what, what are some of the things that are going on? Uh, okay, well, tonight uh, I think we've got the uh, official opening and, and Kaitahu uh, uh, welcoming um, uh, some of the, the guests that have arrived and welcoming everyone uh, to the hui, and they've been really instrumental in um, supporting this. Um, yeah, one of the bases of the bid is the idea of Manaki and and being welcoming to all peoples and Mm -hmm. to New Zealand culture and literature. Um, They've also gifted a fantastic name for Aratoi in terms of uh, the culture strategy that's about um, the breath of life and the the creativity that's at the basis of all creative practices. Uh, Tomorrow we've got the Centre for the Book Symposium, which is a research centre here. Um, So papers all day tomorrow, Thursday... We have the hui itself, 
Mm -hmm. So all those inspirational speakers, um, Guy Ryan, Well Beings, um, uh, Anna Maria from Italy, a um, creative city of music. I hope I've got that right. <laughs> um, and um, then on the Friday, I've got the workshop in the basement of the Athenaeum, which is uh, about uh, it's a basically a participatory futures workshop. Yeah, but that one you can't go now. It's uh, uh, no, we are booked out yeah. uh, to its full capacity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But there's um, plenty of other things going on, like you said. I think even tonight, uh, you've got um, Warwick John, uh, Jordan from uh, Hard to Find Books. Yes, yes, yeah, is, is having and sharing some of his uh, stories and his lessons through literature. Yeah, as well. And, and Hard to Find is a great place. I remember going to there in Who and in Auckland and. Mm. Uh, possibly getting lost for three hours yeah, so I sat yeah, down and yeah. found that book and then people came to find me in the back corner <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's wonderful um so many great things going on you can check out the website just go to i uh, just look up creative cities southern hui on um on google and it should just pop up or um, go to the dcc they'll uh, have a link to it there and so it's all over the show hey thank yeah. you so much for coming in this morning oh thank you very much for having me yeah, yeah it's yeah. been a pleasure I hope Great. you enjoy the rest of your time in, in Otipoti before you have to jet back off to another uh, UNESCO City of Literature. Yes, yep, yeah, Melbourne, yeah. Melbourne is, and I'd like to sort of strengthen those relationships too. Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many similarities between between the two places, isn't there? I think so, yeah. yeah. yeah no, I, I actually think uh, that's why I kind of like Melbourne. It's got a bit of a Dunedin vibe. Mm, um, mm. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's good. Yeah, they just got a few, you know, they kept a few more of their buildings. <laughs> I think, oh God, you should. Oh, I, mean, I, w- I wish I'd been able to see the clock tower in the exchange. That building looked amazing. But anyway, uh, thank you so much once again and uh, enjoy the rest of your time here. And yes, everybody go check out the website, Dunedin uh, UNESCO City of Literature, um, the Southern Creative Cities, Southern Hui. All right, it's almost time for news.